With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and you are listening to All Ball, the All Basketball Podcast. Our guest this week is Todd Golden, the Golden Child, the head coach of the University of San Francisco. He's got all his hair. He's the fourth youngest coach, Division I basketball. He's got a beautiful young family. And he's coaching at one of the great historic programs in one of the greatest cities in the country. Not a bad gig, right? We'll get to his story. Former walk-on, became a starter at St. Mary's, uh, played overseas for two years, and then, of course, was at uh, Columbia, then at Auburn, then at San Francisco as an assistant before becoming the head coach just this last spring. First, I want to get to two different things. Before we get to Todd Golden, the first is comments made by Bill Self, and I believe Jay Wright as well, in that the reason anybody can beat anybody in college basketball is that there aren't as many great players anymore. Well, duh. Yeah. I mean, it's the poorly kept secret of all poorly kept secrets is that college basketball at the very top level doesn't have nearly the talent, especially of older players. And now you're starting to lose even the younger players, right? Now you're starting to lose even um, some of the freshmen, whether they're going to play in Australia, there'll probably be some that eventually try the G League thing. You know, the James Wiseman deal lasted a couple games. You know, between losing, if you lose three or four players overseas every year, and then you lose a couple of these guys to suspension, you know, or to, they play a couple, Cole Anthony plays some games and then gets injured, just like Zion Williamson did last year. You know, you're you're cutting off the top 10 kids in college basketball. I think it's not just that there aren't as many great players. I also think that the next level of guy stays the second year and then he leaves or he transfers and sits out. The talent is really spread out. There's just not that many players that you can have 350 teams. Everybody wants to play right away. 
and think they're all going to go to Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, UCLA, Indiana, et cetera, et cetera. So I, in Kansas, I, I don't, I think they're both right. I don't think the elite level, I mean, the guys, nobody stays past year two, let alone year three or four. And a lot of them don't stay past their first year. What's interesting is it makes for a really good watch because you honestly have no idea who's going to win on in any given game, not just any given week. We talked earlier this year about DePaul and you know all the transfers and older players and how it allows them to be competitive because they got older kids. L- look at the teams that were successful going back to last year. You know, even Virginia had some older guys. But some of the, you know, the Texas Techs of the world, yeah, grad transfers, four-year transfers, those are older players, whereas the one-and-done guys, it's really hard to win with them, hard to get them to buy in, they don't make as many shots, and then they're here and they're gone. I do think there's a way in which we can word it to feel better about the players we have. And and look, I'm just as responsible as anybody uh, for saying that college basketball isn't as good, isn't as talented at the top. But for high major college coaches that have won a combined three national championships, probably the better wording would be, look, the great players don't stay long enough. Uh, Some really good players can become great college basketball players, but even they're becoming harder to keep happy because they don't want to sit on the bench. But it is true. The college game has become a little bit watered down and spread out. And then that's after we cut out the top four or five guys who may go to college, may not go to college. And at the first sign of injury... Darius Garland last year, they bail and they sit out the rest of the year. Look, I'm not going to defame college basketball. I mean, I think if we, I think like, look, if we go through the big 12, for example, and we look at this Kansas team as opposed to other Kansas teams, are there lottery picks in the team? I don't think there are. Um, Sometimes though, we do look at past teams. And when we look at past teams, we have a, we have a greater view of who they might be, but there is no Joel Embiid on this team. There is no Paul Pierce on this team. There is just not. And yet Kansas, before they lost to Villanova this past weekend by a point, laid claim to be the number one team in the country. I've said, hey, what about San Diego State? Like, this San Diego State team is really good. It's not as good as their team 10 years ago. Couple things. One, you don't have to beat any of the teams five years ago, 10 years ago. You only have to beat teams in front of you. Two, we do have a tendency to look at other teams Older, you know, teams that occurred that that uh, had success previously and think they're way more talented because they became great NBA players, right? Where the truth is, if they're 18, 19 years old and they weren't great then, it was only because they were 18, 19 years old. The hardest part is that this, this is kind of, it gives way to my argument, which you've heard and you're probably tired of, which is the value of the brand. And the, the greatest way to point that out is, like, look, when, when you work in television, the brands that sell, the brands that rate the best, Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, Syracuse actually rates very, very well in comparison to others. You know, those are the ones. I mean, Gonzaga outrates everybody else in the Pac-12 or the West Coast, with the exception maybe of Arizona. It doesn't actually have to do with how good a team is in a year or two or three years. It has to do with what most of the country that doesn't pay attention on a daily basis thinks, and that's based upon name recognition more so than who's actually playing for your team. And the problem with 
the spreading out of talent with the multiple transfer red shirts, et cetera, is you're going to get some of these non-traditional names deep into the NCAA tournament. And that doesn't help the ratings. So in addition to the the sport not being as good at that level as it used to be, it won't be viewed as as popular as it used to be because not as many people will watch when non-traditional name brands play in the NCAA tournament. Fair? Good. As for who actually is the best team in the country, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I think Kansas is very good. They just don't shoot it well enough. I think Baylor could be really good. I'm just not sure that they're as good at the point guard position as Kansas is. And it, it feels like they never beat Kansas. Even when they do beat them, they never sweep Kansas. But then there's Butler, who only lost to Baylor by one point. It's beaten everybody else. They, in some people's mind, lay claim to be the number one team. Then there's Duke. Are we going to make Duke the number one team in the country when they lost at home to Stephen F. Austin and lost Cassius Winston? Probably not. We saw what happened in Virginia. Arizona's taken Ellis before. It's, it's really hard to decide who's elite and who's not. It makes it more fun to watch but harder to decide who's frankly better than anybody else because there's just such a mixed bag of good wins and bad losses. I want to get to the NBA here real quick. As Christmas Day is upon us, you're listening to this, you're listening to this, you're like, oh, break down. I'm not breaking down the Christmas games. I'll only tell you this. If we use last year as our guide, last year, when the Lakers go in to beat the Warriors and LeBron James got hurt in that game, what does it tell us? It tells us that this is kind of like a, you ever take the pre-SAT? That's what Christmas Day basketball is like. It's like the pre-SAT. It basically tells you like, yeah, you're pretty good right now. Does that mean that's how you're going to score in the SAT? No. It just means that on this particular test, you're decent. But the the rest of the regular season is really based upon health. And the postseason is based upon how good you are. And this has nothing to do with postseason basketball. Don't believe me, last year the Lakers go into Golden State and get a win on Christmas Day. LeBron gets hurt. The Lakers are the sixth seed, and then their season collapses. The Warriors, had they been healthy, they'd probably win another NBA championship, and they could not have looked worse in the second half of that game. These early season Kentucky games, Kansas games, Duke games, etc. They're a nice guide. They're a a pre-SAT. They're your initial participation, like... Your initial quarter report card. Semester and final grades is what matters. Your quarter report card doesn't. That's what Christmas Day basketball is. You know, whether it's that that first report card you get that doesn't actually count as your grades or whether you want to say it's your pretest for the SAT, whatever it is, let's not act like this is the end-all be-all. But having seen the Lakers lose the last couple of games, I still believe they need, in addition to Andre Godala's length and versatility, on defense, because right now they don't have anybody who can guard Kawhi Leonard. Maybe Danny Green, maybe. But against elite level wings like that, you have to have multiple, multiple defenders. They don't have it. That's why Andre Godala becomes really important. But Andre Godala was only successful with the Warriors offensively when he was playing the center position. They were playing small ball. But, but Andre Godala hadn't played at all this year and asking him to hop in and play with the Lakers in a new system. I know that he and Palinka go way back. I'm not sure he's as much the answer as other people think. We'll see when they get him in. As for the Clippers, I continue to believe that pummeling the Lakers at every opportunity is really, really important. Even if you're not going to convince anybody other than yourself that you're better than the Lakers, it does convince yourself that you're better than the Lakers, and that couldn't be more important. 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Before we get to our conversation with Todd Golden, head coach of the University of San Francisco, I want to tell you about HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. You'll have everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just 30 minutes. Say goodbye to endless grocery store trips and takeout food. HelloFresh has you covered. There's something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian. A fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers add extra meals to your weekly order, as well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough. You can even change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week, whatever you need. Look, I have a house, three kids. They all play sports. I get home. The last thing my wife wants to do is figure out what are we going to do for dinner? Who has to go to the store? We, we both like cooking, whether it's getting the ingredients or cutting things up or figuring it out. This just makes it easier. Plus, the ingredients are fresh. The portions are substantial. And you feel like you know you're getting high-quality stuff before you ever even take a bite because those freshly opened packages smell incredible and make the house sound and feel and taste and smell like a gourmet chef lives there. Get nine free meals with HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com slash AllBall9. Remember, that's AllBall9 because you get nine free meals. See what we did there? HelloFresh.com slash AllBall9. Use the code AllBall9. Try it. You'll thank me. Let's welcome him in. He's the head coach of the San Francisco Dons, the fourth Youngest head coach in the country. He's Todd Golden. He joins us in the All Ball podcast. Do you know the three who are younger than you? <laughs> uh, only one personally. We actually played against them this year. Uh, the guy, Brian Mullins, is at Southern Illinois. It's funny because we actually played against each other uh, when I was at St. Mary's. He actually played at Southern Illinois. He was really good on some tournament teams. But uh, that, that, that's the only one I've come across so far. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, I think Greg Paulus is another one. Right, Greg Policy got he got named the head coach. That's right. Yeah, right? He, I think we we might be the same age, or he might be a year younger. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Patrick Beeline, who resigned right before the year, was younger than you, and then you became like the co. Like maybe it's going to come down to birthdays. I don't know. These are what this is what SI, <laughs> this is this is what SIDs do. All right, so here's here's kind of kind of what I want to do. Right, we're um I don't know I don't know if it's it's not really midway, but like to, to basketball people. You get through the non-conference part, like we used to call. It, remember, we used to call it preseason. I don't know, I don't know why, course. right? It used to be called, even though, and and like you try and explain it to a TV person, like, well, it's all the season. Like, no, the season, the season is the the league, and this is the preseason. So you get done with what we used to call the preseason, and now you get ready for conference play, and your conference appears to be ridiculously formidable. But your first year as head coach, what have you learned so far? A lot. <laughs> A lot. It's just, uh, you know, as an assistant, obviously you, you form strong opinions, and you know you're, it's it's very easy to second guess in, in that in that role. But obviously, as, as a head coach, um, you know your, your decisions come under fire a lot more, and, and try not to, to second guess yourself. But you know, in, in a sense, I'm kind of learning on the go. I've been fortunate, man. I have a really good staff, and uh, you know they they help quite a bit in terms of game planning and obviously player development and things along those lines. But it's uh, the biggest challenge is trying to figure out, you know, where to, where to focus the most of your attention and time to, 
and and realizing there's some things that are important to you that you got to delegate and let go. Um, but definitely learning on the fly from from that regard and, and knock on wood, it, it's gone well so far. Okay, so uh, I, we can do the Sonoma State game, but I I want to do more the um, l- let's let's do the Yale game, and here's why I think okay. it's interesting, right? You're sit you as a player and as a point guard and a good one, you know you process things and you think about things. As an assistant coach, same thing. But uh, what do you remember about the Yale game in terms of your own personal decision making that you liked and that you'll do differently next time? It's a great question, and honestly, uh, I picked up something really, really uh, good from from that game. It was kind of a crazy situation, but we ended up getting fouled, uh, going to the line with about 15 seconds in regulation. Uh, we were up two at the time, and, and one of our players made the first free throw to go up three. And I remember at the time I was just sitting there, and I really wanted to use a timeout because I wanted to get organized defensively, and uh, I wanted to make sure that we knew, you know, once the ball got to the front court to use one if we, you know, we're up three or, uh, you know, or just obviously let them play if we're up four. Um, but I, I hung on to it, and I said, you know, he, he looked really comfortable in his first free throw. I didn't want to ice my own shooter, and I figured, hey, I'm, I'm going to you know, lean on this 70% foul shooter and make it, and that way we'll be up four, and we don't have much to worry about. Sure enough, he misses it, right? They come down, hit a game-tying three with two and a half seconds left because we weren't very organized defensively, and we go to overtime. And, uh, you know, Knock on wood, we ended up making some big shots and ended up beating an incredibly good Yale team. They don't lose anymore. I think they've won eight or nine in a row. Um, but, you know, at that time, I joked with my staff. I said, hey, I'm burning that timeout next time. I'm using that thing. I don't care if I ice my shooter. We just got to be organized defensively. But there's little things like that. You know, you, you can obviously second-guess yourself depending on the outcome, but it's it's trying to be consistent with the process that, that it sometimes is the most challenging thing. It's fantastic. How come you didn't foul when you are up three? We, I would have liked to, uh, and it's something that we talk about in practice. But really, we just weren't organized, and, and it was on me. You know, I should, like I said, should use that timeout. And then once the the ball was live in play, uh, you know, it's just really hard to get your players to understand the timing and, and when to take it and everything like that. So it just turned into a scramble situation. Ended up having a great defense possession. The guy kind of bobbled it to his teammate, and he just threw it in from about thirty feet, but. Uh, I would have loved to foul, and I just didn't have the proper opportunity to communicate that with our guys. I mean, I mean, a little 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 tip, right? Don't shouldn't you have just like a call, black, green, purple, you know? Whereas everybody, hey, on the miss, <laughs> on the miss, we're in green. Oh, hey, we're on the miss, we're in <laughs> green, we're in green. I, yeah, I know you don't want to plant. I know you want to don't want to plant that in your shooter's head, even the word miss. Right, but and, and that's exactly why I didn't use the timeout. And obviously, right, but if you have, a, but you have, you have a call. You have a call. Like, look, these are the things we all you, you only learn by doing. And you're like, oh, damn. Right. Um, okay. How are you like Randy Bennett, who you played for? Oh man, I, I think the best way to answer that is, uh, you know, when when playing for for Coach Bennett and Kyle at St. Mary's, you know, the one thing that we always talked about, and you could tell through the five years that I was there in terms of the foundation of our program, always stressing rebounding, defending, and taking care of the ball. Uh, I think those uh, three messages in, in those three areas of the game, when you express that to your team, uh, it, it, if you can be good in those areas, it just gives you a really good chance to be good. And so, you know, when trying to implement some some new things this year, 
just always trying to center myself around making sure we're we're good in those areas. And honestly, we just haven't been great defensively yet, but we've been pretty good on the boards. We've been really, really good taking care of the ball. And, uh, you know, just having that solid foundation, I think, has given us uh, a great push in terms of the start that we've had. Okay. How are you most dislike him? Or unlike him? Uh, dislike, dislike means I'm, I'm a, I um, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you, no, you, no, I, you I spent time at Columbia as an assistant, right? Which makes you like by proxy Ivy League guy. You realize that, right? Like you were at Columbia, you recruited Ivy League kids, you're around. Technically, you're a part of the Ivy League faculty, so you have to break down my grammar issues. Yeah, I, I understood what you were getting at. I'd say the, the thing in terms of, you know, how we're different, how we operate, you know, we play faster. Uh, you know, uh, St. Mary's has, you know, obviously, well, 15 years now almost always had a, a really really good pick and roll point guard and they've been able to be incredibly efficient in the half court and uh you know that's that's a luxury you know it's really hard to execute and, and be efficient in the half court but they've played a really slow grinded out pace they've been able to play bigger because of that and uh i think they that that's just how he feels the most comfortable whereas for me especially with this group that we have this year, I think we're best when we're out in transition. You know, I think this is a group that is quick, is pretty long, is athletic, uh, good in the open floor, and definitely able to play better in space. So we, we try to get out and, and play in the, in the first 10 seconds of the clock quite a bit more and not as reliant upon our half-court execution. Uh, okay. Uh, some of that is also from coaching under Bruce Pearl. Um, sure. Let, let's, what, what was that like, right? Like your, your experience now for people who don't know, you played for him with the Maccabi games yeah. team. So you, you played for him. Um, and I guess I want to get into that. Was that your first college? No, you went and then played overseas right after that, right? You played, correct. you, yeah. you, you played for Maccabi for two. Right. And, um, but what was it like to work for Bruce Pearl? Honestly, it was, uh, it was one of the best experiences I've had uh, around the game of basketball. And, and the reason why I say that is because I was, I've been incredibly fortunate. I played for a great high school coach, Phoenix, Dan Mannix, who you know, won over 700 games in the Arizona State High School Hall of Fame. And then I got to go play for Randy and Kyle for five years. And uh, then go after you know, getting back into coaching to go work with Kyle for two at Columbia. And just... Going to work for Bruce at Auburn, it, it just opened my eyes uh, to the game being taught in a completely different way. You know, I think when you look at Kyle Smith and then you look at Bruce Pearl, they're both incredible coaches in their own way, but they're they're both remarkably different. Um, Kyle's obviously very analytical in his processes. He's uh, very structured, very calculated. Um, you know, preparation is huge for him, and he's very even keeled. Whereas Bruce is is opposite he's very emotional uh he, he's an incredibly gifted leader uh you know I, I always felt like no matter what the circumstance he was able to get our guys to to play really really hard and uh bruce has a little bit of a nutty professor to him where you know a lot of people he doesn't get basically he does not get the credit he deserves in terms of how good he is as, as a basketball guy you know i know a lot of people think he's rah rah and all about recruiting and, and things like that. But a lot of his processes and a lot of what he does is is really savvy. It's just done with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. You know, just the way he plays, uh, the way he subs in games, 
his preparation for games is great. Uh, he watches a ton, a ton of film. But, uh, you know, just he's a lot different than Kyle. He does a lot of things a lot different than Kyle. And for me, being able to merge those two personalities and those two styles ha- has been really beneficial for me. You mentioned, okay, so give me one thing like that you're like, when when you're sitting around, you guys are having beers, and you're like, "Give me one, give me one thing that makes Bruce that's unique about Bruce Pearl." I mean, I, obviously the Nutty Professor, and he is far brighter. He he, you know, he'll try and dumb down and act like he's an aw shucks guy when he's super super bright with how he does what he does. But give me one thing. Uh, I think where where Bruce is one of the most amazing that I've ever seen is the way he manages and handles personalities uh, in terms of his players is incredibly uh it's just it's it's unique it's it's uh he's not afraid to to do what he knows is best for each individual guy and and playing for randy and kyle they uh they were they're pretty hard in 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 a good way they expect a lot out of you they coach pretty much everybody the same way um you know they're not they're not uh managing different personalities different but where bruce was amazing is he could you know, with the point guard, he might feel like he has to coach him a certain way where he might have to give him some more slack and not be as hard on him. But then there might be another guy on the floor that he knows that he has to cuss out to get the most out of him. And he, he has the ability to form those relationships with each individual player where they trust him and they're going to take his coaching regardless of how he does it. Uh, and, and to me, that, that's really hard to do. You know, you got 13 guys on a scholarship, usually 15 guys on the team. And, you know, I just always felt like Bruce was able to just squeeze the most out of each individual guy that he could, which, which is which is awesome. Um, okay, Kyle Kyle Smith now the head coach at Washington State. What was that like? You had you had played for him. He was an assistant coach at St. Mary's. You get done yeah. playing at Israel, and you go work for him. What was that relationship like? Uh, it was great. I mean, he, he's like a combination of a father and a big brother, if that makes sense. You know, he, he was the one that led on my recruitment uh, back in, you know, 2002, going to St. Mary's. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate he, – he's done a, a heck of a lot for me. He, he gave me the opportunity to walk on at St. Mary's. I know he was fighting for me to, to get me in the rotation there as a player. Obviously gave me my first job in basketball. And, uh, you know, I think I think we were really good for each other, too. You know, I think I was able – he didn't have any other St. Mary's guys with him at Columbia. So as he was trying to instill – his culture and still his style and everything along those lines. You know, I think when I got there, I was able to support him in doing that and uh, was able to kind of help be a backbone for the program. And, uh, you know, he at, at Columbia, I would say he was still – our relationship was definitely still coach-player. <laughs> he was uh, he was not afraid to, to get on me and, and be really aggressive with the way he was coaching me, even as a young coach. And then over, you know, the three years – between working with him at Columbia and then getting back to work with him at USF, we kind of saw that relationship change more of a, you know, more of a man-to-man relationship. There was a lot more uh, understanding and respect in that way. And uh, I've just learned so much from him and very appreciative of, you know, the opportunity that he's helped me get here at San Francisco. All right. So uh, let, let, let's work our way. Let's, let's go backwards. Usually what I do is I start at the beginning and then I work towards where you are now. I wanted to kind of, change it up a little bit so you grew up in you grew up in phoenix you grew up in phoenix and you play for a legendary high high school coach uh what was what you know were you all were you little like did you grow late what was your progression like as a player you know that's uh i had a really interesting experience 
So I, I was I played baseball too, and I was uh, I, I never had played AU because I was always playing baseball with my junior high or high school team, and then I played uh, summer travel baseball in the in the summer as well. So I, I only played one year of AU basketball, and that was going into my senior year of high school. And and honestly, when I went to the tryout for the Arizona Stars, who was the Nike team back then in Phoenix. When when I first tried out, when we had just won a state championship my junior year, I, I made the twos team. I, I didn't even make the main sponsored team, so I was playing on on the lower deal, the lower circuit, uh, traveling around. And then a couple guys, one guy got hurt, and one guy left to go play for another U, AU team. So they kind of brought me up and uh, got to go play at the Kingwood Classic in, in Texas. And then uh, I can't even remember what the tournament in Vegas was at the time, whether it was big time or whatever it was. But had some good experiences there, and uh, you know I was six two. I weighed one hundred and fifty pounds, and you know I was a facilitating two guard. That was kind of my game, and it took you know playing with four or five other D one guys to you know have the opportunity to be seen by different schools. But you know really it was it was same areas as a walk on, or believe it or not, Columbia, and you know there's no scholarships offered in the Ivy League, it's all need-based financial aid. So there wasn't a lot of money going to be coming our way from that opportunity. So, uh, you know, Kyle and Randy just offered me that the invited walk-on spot. And I was, you know, young and dumb enough to think that I'd have a chance to to earn my role. And it's kind of funny how those things happen and uh, how it worked out. But uh, I wouldn't have changed it for anything. I can promise you that. So what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my dad is an attorney, and my mom was an elementary school librarian. So when 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 they said uh, you're like, look, you can either pay I don't know what it was back then to go to Columbia, or how much was it to go to St. Mary's? A lot, about fifty grand. What was that conversation like? That's uh, that's it's why my parents are the people that I owe it all to, my friend. <laughs> they, uh, you know, they Randy and Kyle said, here's the deal: you come, you know, you pay for a year. And, uh, you know, earn your way into the rotation. We'll put you on scholarship, yada, yada, yada. And, I, I, like I said, I, I was uh, unreasonably confident that I'd be able to do that. I don't know why. Uh, I just felt like I'd be able to go in there and find a way to scrap it out. Um, and then, But they're like, if you redshirt, then you're going to have to pay for two. Uh, and then, you know, we'll give you three. And my dad was, you know, my dad was a hoops guy. He played freshman ball at, at UMass when Julian Serving was on the varsity team. Uh, it was a big part of his life growing up in White Plains, New York. And, you know, he, he just made it where he gave me the opportunity to do it. And, uh, you know, I don't, at the time, I definitely didn't appreciate or realize, you know, the investment that, that they were making. And looking back on it, that's why, you know, I'm incredibly grateful that, that he was willing to do it. Was there a, did, now everybody does a present a walk on with a scholarship video. Was there a moment where Randy <laughs> called everybody in and, and goes, like, hey, here you go? Not at all. I had to pin him down just to make sure he actually gave me the scholarship. I had to chase him, you know, after the last team meeting in the spring to make sure that he was going to throw me on uh, for the next fall. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm ha- only half-joking, but it was uh, nothing like that. Times were a little different, and, and I know you know Coach Bennett really well, and, and he's not one for, for the bells and whistles. So it was kind of a, a silent uh, a silent scholarship, so to speak, and uh, but we definitely got three years, and uh, it was you know three of the best years of my life for sure. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Your senior year, Patty Mills arrived. And Mm -hmm. he was somebody that I think most of us who cover the game knew because of the AIS, Australian Institute of Sport. You play with Daniel Daniel Kicker your first couple years. Um, Maybe you're just your freshman year as, as, as well. Um, what was that like when you know, like you're the point guard? It's your team, and now all of a sudden, some a guy who everyone's been talking about from Australia arrives. Yeah, it was uh, honestly, you know, I think some people in that situation might uh, be discouraged. And, and you're right; like we knew, you know, we knew Patty was really good when he was coming in, and and I just kind of thought that it'd be an opportunity. Hey, let's let's figure it out and. Obviously, first couple times playing pickup with this guy, I knew he was going to be playing 35 minutes a game. I mean, he is who he was back then, and he was dominating. And so I just told Coach Ben, I'm like, hey, I'm more than happy to move over to the two if that's what you want me to do. <laughs> just let me know. I just want to be out on the court. So uh, it, it was uh, it was honestly a great experience, you know, getting to play with him more than anything. But uh, I thought we played off each other really well too. He took a, obviously a ton of pressure off me as the primary ball handler, and was able to operate as a one-man press break and really started our offense nearly on every possession. But I, I moved over to the two and, and had a lot of freedom to just shoot the ball and, and was really comfortable in that role. And I had one, of, I think, 87 assists, 23 turnovers on the year, or something like that. Yep. Just being able to facilitate from that. You just happen to know those. Num- you just ha- you just happen to know those numbers. 
just happened. I, it was. I think it was one of the, one of the best in the country, and that was one. That was one of the <laughs> things that you know I have on on the resume. But yeah. it, you know, playing with a guy like that made everything so much easier. And uh, you know, and what, what Patty's just a special dude. He's a uh, he's really unassuming. He came in uh, willing to learn, willing to kind of move into our system as opposed to making us adjust to him. And, uh, you know, he had some growing pains, but at the same time, I think in his fourth college game, he had 37 on Oregon when they were number 11 in the country on ESPN. So, I mean, this guy came in and was just awesome off the bat, and and I'm really appreciative he did because it gave myself and our teammates just a great experience that last year making it to the tournament. Yeah, do you you want to know you, you want to know his yeah his stats in the tournament? You guys what lost to Miami? Is that right? Yeah, we lost to Miami. Yeah. How'd you play? I mean, I have the stats in front of me, but if you if you want to know, I, I played okay. I think uh, hit a couple threes. Uh, didn't I think two for four from the line or something like that, which was not was not great. Um, but I, you know, I know we were up at halftime by five, and we I, we felt good going into it. And then Jack McClinton, I think, got thirty two in the second half, and. and uh, I was responsible for the first five of the second half, and then Coach Bennett quickly moved me off of him. But uh, it made me feel better, you know, looking back on it years later, knowing that that I wasn't the only one that couldn't guard that dude. <laughs> uh, for yeah, you, when you played in Israel, did you only play for Haifa, or did you play for somebody else as well? Yeah, no, I, I played two years for Maccabi Haifa, uh, right when they moved up to the first division there. Yeah. So for people who haven't been to Haifa, it is absolutely stunning. Port City, uh, northern part. Uh, of Israel, and of course, you went there and played the Maccabi Games team and, and won the gold medal before you ever played in Haifa. What 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 was your living experience like there? It was amazing, absolutely amazing. It, I, I tell people all the time, I regret not taking more advantage of it. Um, I, I was a little bit homesick, a little bit of a homebody. Uh, I, I wasn't as social as I sh- uh, should have been. But you, you hit it on the head with Haifa. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful places. Uh, that I've ever been to. It's right there on the Mediterranean, you know, five-minute drive from our gym. We were on the beach. Uh, just great people, great food. Uh, really, it's a, it's and Haifa is a melting pot. There's a lot of different uh, races and obviously a lot of Jewish people, a lot of Muslim people there in the city. And, and while I was there, uh, everything was, everybody got along great. It was it was a great time to, to be over there. And, uh, you know, and Haifa was a great organization to be a part of at the time as well. Our owner was a guy named Jeff Rosen, who whose family owned Rose Art, the crayon company, and uh, he came into a lot of money and bought the team and just treated us really, really well. And we had some really experienced Israeli guys on our team, played with some awesome American players like D- Davon Jefferson from SC, who I'm sure, you know, basketball junkies remember. I mean, that, that guy should have been in the NBA. I mean, he, he's just an incredibly talented Carmelo Anthony type score. Why, why wasn't he like like I did this thing? I did my my dad told me uh, when I was in the USBL. Okay, I was in the USBL yeah. and I had I had yeah. I had Bubba Wells who led the country in scoring at Austin P. I had yeah. Willie Burton. Um, I had like if you kind of go through it. I had Galen Young who was a second round pick out of UNC Charlotte. Who else did I have? Like you, you go through it, and you, I, we had guys who were had had cups of coffee. Or like Willie Burton scored fifty points in an NBA game, and you were. Right, and right. So my dad was like, "Look, son, there's always a reason, right?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "There's yeah. always a reason a guy doesn't make it or a guy isn't still there, right?" There's there's just one reason, and I never forget this. Be- and I'm gonna only tell you the tell you the story because I I love uh, Bubba Wells. He was a great dude. He's a second round pick of the 
Dallas Mavericks. For people who remember, he, he had either stress fractures or reactions in both legs. He actually had metal rods in both legs. And so people right. thought that was the reason that he couldn't make it in the league or he didn't hang in the league. He was like an undersized four at the time. Might have been an undersized five now, but really didn't defend. Anyway, right. we go through like training camp, and I'm like, man, this fucking guy's unbelievable, right? Like he's like a mini Barkley. <laughs> he's so good. Um, right. But if we go two a day's second practice, he was always dragging ass. And, um, and anyway, we had our first game. And I'll never forget this. Like we had our first game, and we were staying at the Holiday Inn at the edge of town. And there was literally a strip club in the parking lot. So a lot of those guys, you're like, why don't you just pay the strip club instead of pay the guy? The money's going there anyway. Anyway, so right. I, get my, I get my truck, and I drive from the Holiday Inn to the Mark Price Arena. And I'll never forget, like, on my way to the game, there was one guy's car parked in the strip club parking lot. There was... But uh, Bubba Wells, he was he was parked in the Sonic parking lot, like getting like cheese tots and a burger and a Coke. <laughs> and um, and I just remember thinking, like, the guy who's in the parking lot of the you know, guys at the strip club, that's his reason he's not in the league. And, right. you know, Bubba Wells, it was is the food. Right. Just couldn't couldn't control his diet. Right. Why was Davon right, right. Jefferson not a pro? Davon Jefferson was uh, well. Here's offensively, he was. I mean, he he was everything he needed uh, to be an NBA player because he. I don't think anybody could defend him. Threes, fours. Uh, if threes, he would just big boy him. Fours, he was he had an incredibly quick first step. Would be able to get by and put him in the basket and shot it well enough to keep him honest. You know, a couple things. Number one. Uh, I think he struggled defensively. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, he just wasn't able to to move, and he, he wasn't a very physical defender. So at times, uh, I think that might have been an area that you know teams would would be worried about. And also, you know, it, at the time, and and I can't speak for him much after after this because I haven't stayed in touch with him. But he was just you know he was young. He was really immature. He was 18 years old. Uh, he, you know what? He practices ass off every day. That's one thing I remember and, and had a great level of respect for him about was, uh, he really liked to compete, but you know, I just think he, he didn't understand at that time what it took to be a pro. And I think that probably held him back. Uh, you know, he did make a lot of money and had a really, really good career in Europe. So, you know, I don't know if once he got, like, I think he played in Russia for a couple of years, he played in Greece for a little bit. I know he was making upwards of half a million dollars for a couple of years. So I think, knock on wood, he did really well for himself. But just a little bit of immaturity and probably a little bit of just being a man without a position and someone to defend is probably what ultimately kept him out of being in the league for a while. How much of your coaching um, comes from comes from playing European basketball? Because, like, look, there's a, a real, you have a really interesting background now, right? It wasn't just yeah. you played at St. Mary's because I remember when, when Randy first got the job, he just did four out, one in around kicker. Right. And there wasn't, yeah. it wasn't even really a ton of structures teaching guys how to play. And they were really good at passing, catching and shooting. It was kind of very right. simple. And then as you pointed out and probably started more with Patty. Uh, and then after Patty, you know, when you had, uh, or, you know, when Mickey was there as well with Patty, they were same right. same year. You had kind of the ball screen stuff and the actions off the ball screen. Bruce is Dr. Tom Davis, right? I mean, you press, and right. it's kind of a frenetic style. So you have the combination of playing with the Aussies, playing for Randy, um, playing, you know, coaching at Auburn, but also playing in Israel, which 
has a little bit of pure European ball, but also has a lot of um, some Americanism to it. Like how much of what sure. you do and what you run and how you play comes from that. Honestly, our early game, uh, our early game action is is very European, and, and what we ran in Haifa uh, the first year that we were there, and we've made some tweaks to it, uh, where we have some some wrinkles and, and some different actions that we run out of it. But just that continuity ball screen action, we, we call it bulldog motion because Gonzaga has gotten so good at it. It's just the throw and trace ball screen up the top, trying to get middle penetration, and then depending upon. You know, your other big, you either bring him higher, he just, you know, smashes it down low, trying to get middle rips. But we ran that continuity ball screen action in Israel. And I always, you know, I never thought it was very complicated, but we were always able to get good looks, whether it was rim twos or kick out threes out of it. So um, my associate head coach, Kevin Hovde, who is actually a really, really gifted uh, offensive coach and, and has a great feel and great understanding of how to teach, I kind of asked him to look at it. Another team that, that runs it really, really well is Yale, um, believe it or not. And, and Coach James Jones has dominated, you know, over the last 20 years. They just finish top four in the Ivy every year, and they just win 20 games, it seems like. But um, really just trying to get middle off that, that continuity ball screen action. That, that's the main thing that we've taken from, from Israel uh, and from the European game, for sure. And then, uh, you know, I think everything, taking a look at how we play, you can kind of see a little bit of all the guys that I've either worked for or played for, whether, you know, we're starting, we press a little bit, uh, like Bruce would, just trying to get the offense slowed up, trying to get them operating uncomfortably late clock. And then we do have some ball screen stuff similar to St. Mary, similar to how we played here last year with Frankie Ferrari. So we, we try to, you know, blend all these things together, together, have, different, you know, actions that we can do against different opponents. And, and knock on wood, I think it's uh, part of the reason why we started off so well. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal. 
and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Um, the Frankie Ferrari story is pretty amazing. For for people who don't know, okay, <laughs> so, so he... So so remind me here, okay? So he's he plays a couple years, then you guys get the job, and he wants to transfer, and then you talk him like take me through the no actually, no no. So here's no. So here's the exact way this happened. So Rex Walter signed him. Okay, he played for Rex as a freshman, and then Rex basically, you know, for the lack of a better way to explain it, so just you know didn't think he was good enough and right. ran him off. Told him you know his. <clears throat> his career wasn't going to be there. So Frankie transfers to Kenyatta college up here in the Bay, uh, and ends up sitting out, uh, a year at Kenyatta sits out. And that was Rex's final year here at San Francisco. That was Kyle's last year at Columbia. So Kyle gets the job. We, and I, I come here about two weeks after he gets here and we have a point guard in our, in our program named Devin Watson, who, uh, who I'm sure, you know, really well, he averaged 20 a game here, as a sophomore, and everybody's telling us, "Hey, you got whatever you do, you got to keep watching. You got to keep him. He's the key to your deal." Da 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 da. da. And, and where Kyle is amazing is, is he won't bend for anybody. <laughs> he's a he's a his culture is so important. Environment is so important to him, and, and I respect the hell out of him for it. But Devin, you know, simply wasn't willing to buy in on, on what we we're trying to do, and so Kyle said, "Hey, you know, um, you're I'm more than." willing to give you your release and for you to go see what's out there. And when, when Devin transferred, you know, people thought that, that we were doomed, <laughs> you know, they thought we, we weren't going to be able to win a game. And so we were sitting around just saying, you know, we, first of all, we'd need a point guard. You know, we, we got to find somebody who we could, you know, have run the team. And we had one guy who did a good job, just a solid player. And we're like, you know, what's, what's Ferrari doing? Where's he at? You know? And, and so, figured out he, he sat out at Kenyatta and we're like shoot you know this guy he's finally getting older he's going to be his third year out of, out of high school and he's going to have three years to play uh but let's take a look at him and, and there's a rule that called the the tryout rule where you know if a guy's exhausted his eligibility you can work him out so we brought him up and uh he he worked out and uh we're like dang he, he looks pretty good and then he played pickup with our guys and, and one of our returners who was about to be a senior said Coach, this guy can really play. Like, you know, we, we could use him. So we had about five scholarships open because we had, I think, three or four guys leave as soon as we got the job. So we, we just brought him back. And uh, he, so we got him back as a sophomore. And to be honest, he got beat out that year um, by a guy that we didn't think was, was better than him, but just did a better job in the preseason, uh, keeping us organized and, and was more solid, less volatile. But to Frankie's credit, uh, even after coming back and, and not getting the job, he just stuck with it. It was really, really tough and, and really scrappy and had some really, really good moments that sophomore year. And then going into his junior year, Kyle just said, hey, you know, here you go. It's, it's your time. You're, you're 22 years old. You know, we trust you. We'll let you play out of the ball screen, let you be aggressive. And, uh, you know, he turned into a two-year All-League West Coast Conference player. He got, you know, a, a G League offer 
from Utah or Exhibit 10 offer from Utah, went and decided to go play in Europe and was absolutely tearing it up in Spain, playing in, in the top division in the ACB over there. And unfortunately, he broke his foot. So he's uh, he's back home, you know, having surgery and, and getting getting healed. But uh, the guy's an incredible offensive player. He he's as comfortable in the pick and roll as as you'll see. You know, he's 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 like he's not as big or, or as tall as Delvadova, but he has that same poise where he can get the defender on his hip and and read the whole floor. And uh, just ha- you know, it makes your life a lot easier as a coach because all you do is you have different actions to get into your ball screen, and then you just let them play. And uh, you know, it, it was just a great story of maturation, a great story of a guy who who stuck with it, and uh, a great reminder in this time of one and dones and in the transfer era, where you know if you, you can just stick with it and get to the, the later part of your career uh, in the same place. There's a great chance that you're going to have success. Uh, and by the way, and you can't, you don't have to say this, I can, Devin Watson, who's statistically very successful at San Diego State, but they didn't win like they normally did. And since he's been gone, now they're back winning again. Um, so we'll just, you know, like, look, sometimes guys, sometimes guys can really score and can really play, but they just don't know how to win basketball games or how to, especially the point guard spot. Like you just, you either have the winning factor or, or you do not. Let me um, how how hard is that to identify in the way in which we recruit nowadays? It's really hard. I mean, I'm just I'm serious. It's really hard, and I think it's not getting any easier. You know, this past year they uh, took away some recruiting opportunities from us to see the 2020 class, and 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 it concerns me because you know we've only seen these guys a handful of times live, and and now we're we're asked to make you know. $60,000 decisions, you know, on these guys in terms of giving them scholarships and, and you know, making sure they're good fits. But, you know, I think the transfer issue is not going to go away under these new circumstances because we just don't have a good enough opportunity to, to know these guys. Right. You know, we're, we, uh, we try to evaluate them the best we can, but it's, it's not, it's not an exact science, obviously. And, and to understand what you're talking about, you know, whether a guy has that winning way about him, you know, it takes about five or six times at a minimum of seeing him play full games live to, to start getting a good understanding of that. Uh, there's also, and there's so, also, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong because you live it and I only cover it, which is, you know, it's my dad tell, used to tell stories about how, like, you know, he go recruit a kid, like he'd just go and set up shop in the kid's hometown and you knew everything about him. Whether it's the calendar, the number of dates, the fact that we have these assistants that, that can only be out a certain number of days or whatever, um, or the lack of ability to communicate, you know, I, I, I think that we hurt our – like, you want to know what you're getting, right? You really, no, really no want to know what you're getting. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, so when, when, when a lot of times – right? Yeah, it works both ways, right? Like, players need to know yeah. – I mean, like, look, I'll, I'll just – you know, I, I'll never forget – when I was um, when I signed Notre Dame, so I had to sign it was in no- November, right? And right. my only the only time I remember seeing Notre Dame play was against UCLA the, or maybe Indiana and UCLA like the year before. And I don't re- really remember the UCLA game. I remember them beating Indiana, and like everything else was kind of taking everybody's word for it. You know, we right. I'd signed. We go and see him play Loyola Marymount, and they win in overtime. Like all right, I go and see him play San Diego, and they're down 31 at the half. And I was right. like, I turned to look at my dad and I was like, what do we do? Like, what did we, <laughs> like, what do we, what do we do? 
And I think it works for both ways where players don't know necessarily coaches, players don't totally know the program and things change so much between the fall and the spring night. You got to sign guys early. So you have, you got them in your back pocket, but it's such a hard thing to sign a year in advance when so much changes in a basketball program. No doubt. And, and to your point for me, philosophically, I actually am not big on signing guys early. We signed two kids early this year. We had we had we have one oh, that we just left open. Um, you know, one of the guys we knew is going to fit fill a need um, that we'll be losing in graduation. And the other guy is more of a project. But I, I to your point, I want to gather as much information as possible about these guys before we bring them into our program. And and I don't know if it's it's just here at San Francisco. And maybe it's different at the high major level. You know, obviously when I was at Auburn, it was a little different. We started recruiting kids early. Um, and it's, it, I guess, you know, with top 75, top 100 guys, it's a little easier to identify their skill level early. But to, to your point earlier about the winning piece, it's not easy to identify that even in the top 75, 100 guys, too. Um, you know, it takes time to see them and say, all right, this guy's talented. But, you know, like we were talking about with the example of Devin Watson, like, is he going to really – be able to take you to the next level. You know, like, okay, he's going to be able to score for me, but will he be able to guard his position? Will he be a good teammate? Things like that. So for me and our staff here, I've really kind of asked our coaching staff to, the only way we want to sign a guy early is if we think he's going to be all-league. If if we think he can be an all-league guy, then then we'll take him early and, and, you know, have those 12 months of, of gray area until we get him on campus. But other than that, I want to wait till the spring. Uh, I think because there's so many kids transferring, uh, obviously the fifth-year market is uh, is one that that teams have to take a hard look at to to fill needs. And and obviously in the fifth-year market, it's a much more known commodity. What you're getting, you get four years, uh, three or four years of data on them in terms of performance, and then in terms of how they how they do in the classroom. Um, obviously, you can talk to professors, you can talk to coaches, you can talk to uh, compliance people, whoever it may be, to get a good pulse. You can get way more information on those guys than you can on the high school kids. And I think it's uh, it's what's hurting the high school kids in terms of their opportunities coming out. It's hurting, you know, why you're seeing all those a lot of these guys leave their institutions after one season. Um, but just gathering as much information as possible is the most important thing for me in terms of recruiting student athletes right now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Last thing, um, the WCC is a beast. And, Mm. um, you know, obviously... Gonzaga and St. Mary's have always been good. I feel like Mark Pope has a chance, and he should, you know, this year now they get Childs back. Like, BYU should have been better. Like, they were really well coached, but when when they're right, that's a that's a high major-esque program. Um, yep. And then, you know, you look around the league in UOP. Damon Stoudemire, I think, has done a very good job uh, getting that. That's a hard to go from not just probation, but also playing in the Big West to playing in the WCC. It's a massive step up these days. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, look, it's a, it's a really good league. So, but the problem is, you know, the problem has always been, like, you, you're not going to beat Gonzaga. I mean, you got one shot to beat him at home. St. Mary, like, you're, you're fighting. For, everybody else is fighting for third or fourth place. That, that's the presumption from the outside. From the inside, and especially as well as you know St. Mary's, and you know these programs, what is it like to be one of those schools fighting to get kind of at that other level? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think for me, when, uh, when I got to St. Mary's as a player, you know, we were working to kind of get into that upper echelon, and it was much different, right? Because at that time, the league only had eight teams, and it was just Gonzaga. You know, they, they had gotten good. They were in the tournament every year. And then you had other good programs like Pepperdine with Paul Westfall was always really talented. Uh, you know, Santa Clara with Dick Davey always had really, you know, grimy, gritty teams. Um, but we were, you know, working our way from being in the bottom of the league. You know, two years before I got there, you know, St. Mary's only had two, two wins, that only one Division one win. You know, then Randy got nine his first year, then 15. And then my first year there, we won 19 when I redshirted. So we, I kind of was a part of that process getting to the top. So, and, and I might be naive. I might, you know, uh, be a glass half full guy, but I kind of feel like the heavy lifting here at San Francisco has been done. And, and Kyle deserves a ton of credit for that. Uh, you know, we've won 20 games the last three years. We've built a very solid, stable culture. We have great kids in our program. Uh, so to me, we're a lot of the, the heavy lifting, a lot of the tough part is done. Now, what we have to do is simply recruit just one level up in terms of, of student-athlete and, and skill and talent while maintaining the integrity of the culture and, and academic piece of our program. And then 
Uh, honestly, I, I think we're knocking on the door. Uh, you know, we have two really talented kids sitting out right now in Damari Milstead and Isaiah Hawthorne. We bring back a bulk of our group uh, from this team for next year. We lose our starting center, which will really hurt. But other than that, you know, Jordan Martino has been a really solid uh, fixture in our program, and, and, and Ray Wright has been really solid as well. But I, I think we have guys that are equally, if not a little more talented, ready to step in there. So I feel like we're right there. Now we got to hit uh, and, and get some some little more talented caliber student athlete. But I think right now we're teetering between somewhere between the top fifty, top seventy five team. Uh, I, I do think we're going to make a little jump here, getting through the holidays as we get a little healthy. Uh, you know, because some guys are just playing at an insanely high level, and I think we'll be able to to maintain some other guys. You know, lifting up. But it, it's a challenge. It's crazy. One thing. That I joke about, and I told my dad this. We had our, you know, our WCC conference meetings in June. It was about a month and a half, two months after I got the job, and I'm sitting there at the conference office in our meeting. And I'm looking around, and you know, there's Mark Few across from me. Coach Bennett and I are sitting next to each other. You got Lorenzo Romar there. You got Herb Sendek there. You, you already alluded to Coach Mark Pope, Damon. Um, shoot, Terry Porter's there, a guy that's coached NBA teams. Yeah. You know, uh, it, our league is no joke. I mean, top to bottom. Uh, there's incredible coaches. I think four of the coaches have won over 400 games. Um, you know, in a way, I, I do think our league, in a way, is better than the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 has more raw talent, but our league is older. I think our league is a little tougher. Um, you know, I, I think if you put a team from our league in the Pac, they're going to finish right about where they'd finish in our league. Uh, so it, it's a challenge. But hey, you know, it, it's really hard to be good. It, it's definitely not going to be easy. But, uh, you know, you, you just take what you're given and, and see if we can find a way to catch up with those guys. Well, you won a one in Pac-12 play, wins over Cal, lost to Stanford. So, uh, well, we lost to Arizona State, too. Uh, lost to so Arizona State, so, 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 yeah. so uh, that, that you actually, it may not play out the way that in your own mind, like that's you're saying you'd be one and two in WCC play if you play that level of team. I'm going to politely disagree with you. I do think, you know, there are, the bottom of the pack was way has been way down, but, you know, UW, uh, you know, obviously UCLA is not as good as they should be. USC is more, I think, what you're talking about, super talented. Arizona's, again, very young but very talented, kind of to your point. Right. Which is, it's it's fascinating. And then, you know, Gonzaga's better than everybody in that league. So, uh, although Oregon's, right. Oregon's pretty talented when they get everybody eligible and everybody healthy. Listen, um, sure. Mary, everything to you and your family. Hey. And, and happy Hanukkah. And uh, what a blessed life it's been for you so far. And, dude, we, we wish you nothing but success. Uh, Doug, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you, man. Uh, you, you've always been great to me, and, and it means a lot. And, uh, both you and Greg have been awesome. And uh, happy Hanukkah to you, too, my friend, and uh, hope to catch up with you soon. Thanks, Todd. Take care. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Last thing is this. I want to share with you a, a couple of holiday memories. As uh, as you get ready for Christmas, or maybe you're celebrating Christmas, or you're driving to another a family member's house, an in law's house, your dad's house, whatever. Christmas is a great day for basketball, and somehow you know football has turkey bowls and people play, but we always play a basketball game when me and my brother are around. We either organize a pickup game or find other people that have it going on. We got to play when I was a kid at Miles Square Park in Fountain Valley, California. That was where I learned to play basketball. 
and my dad would take us there on Christmas, and we all have our new gear on, and everybody else was playing. We'd usually have new shoes on or maybe new shorts on. Now, it was outside. It was the dead of winter, but in California, that doesn't matter. Then, of course, we'll have NBA and College Hoop on TV. I hope you enjoy all of it, all of it. But um, more than anything, watch the games, play the games, and enjoy listening to us talk about the games. My thanks to Todd Golden, head coach of San Francisco. Make sure you listen to my daily radio show, 3 to 6 Eastern on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Uh, You can also listen to us on Sirius XM, same uh, channel as Dan Patrick. I think that's 203 and 217. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.